My name is Kate the Socialite and you're listening to episode 59 of The Kate Show. Today I'm talking about something that I occasionally will hint at in a lot of my episodes, but it's been a while since I've really done a deep dive into the topic that quite honestly comes up in my face every day when I am serving interior designers and home stagers in workrooms. And that is the issue of self-confidence and how it impacts marketing. Now, it can make marketing a lot harder than it has to be and a lot more expensive. And that's a real shame because confidence is a mindset issue. And there are hundreds, if not thousands of reasons why we lack confidence as business owners. But I will tell you that I work primarily with women, women in the home industry who live all over the US and Canada, the UK and Australia, and we all have the same issue. We don't believe in ourselves. We have a hard time putting a price on our expertise. We have a hard time believing that we have any expertise and we're afraid that if people knew who we really were, they would think that we are a fraud. Now I have seen this affect women who are in their early 20s, their mid to late 20s like me, and even well into their 50s because confidence doesn't know age. It knows life experience. And if you have been told that you're not good enough, or if you simply tell yourself that you're not good enough, all of those voices are ones that need to be silenced, not only because they're hurting you as a person, but because they do have a direct impact on your marketing. And I have noticed that my business became successful after I became confident, not the other way around. Because if we wait for a successful business to make us feel confident, our confidence will always be at the mercy of our clients. And that is not any way to live our lives. So today I'm going to take you through a gut check, which is nine questions you can ask yourself to determine whether or not your confidence is starting to waver. I'll also share four big issues that low confidence has on your marketing. And then we're going to discuss what confidence looks like in marketing and how it ends up being a breath of fresh air for every business owner, especially female business owners like us. So let's dive right in. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. When I say we all should be more confident and believe in ourselves, I don't mean that we should walk around thinking that we are hot stuff and that we don't have anything to learn from anyone. And I know that honestly, all of my clients never have that mindset. You guys are some of the most humble and creative people I have ever known. And that is what has prompted me to make this episode because what I see day after day are women with incredible amounts of talent who sell themselves short in every possible way and then wonder why they don't have a successful business or why they feel so unfulfilled. 
Now, as you guys know, I'm not a business coach, but I have a business coach, and there are a lot of great coaches out there who can help you through this. And if you are struggling with confidence, and if you're struggling in business, I suggest you find a coach who specializes not only in business, but also in life, because who you are in your business is just a magnified version of who you are in your personal life, the life that is much more important than any LLC or corporation ever could be. Now, some of us have some very seemingly legitimate reasons for having a low self-confidence. Perhaps you were stuck in a really crappy marriage. Maybe you grew up in a domestic abuse situation like I did. Maybe you have always had this mean inner critic that echoes the voice of all the girls you ever went to school with who constantly point out your flaws, who tell you you're never going to be good enough. And it doesn't matter how young or old you are, those voices never fade in intensity unless you turn around and tell them to go away. And, you know, getting your confidence is not like fighting off the chicken pox where you only get it once, typically, and it never comes back. Unfortunately, fighting the game of self-confidence is something that you're going to have to do on a regular basis. And because it directly impacts your marketing, because it directly impacts your business, it is something that you absolutely need to address if you're wondering, why isn't there more money in my bank account? Why does it seem like I can't even pay myself on the regular? What is wrong? Why do I keep attracting clients who are bargain hunters? Or why can't I attract any clients whatsoever? So let's go through the nine question gut check. And I know that sounds crude, but we all get that feeling in our guts, ladies, when something is just not right. It's our intuition. It's that sixth sense, and you should listen to it because while we humans are not all-knowing, we were given that little voice inside of us that can often point out, hey, this is an issue. But if you silence that voice enough, it will stop speaking, unlike your inner critic, which is always there to chime in. So question number one, and by the way, if you answer yes to any of these questions, even just one of them, you likely have a confidence issue. And that is not an excuse to then go beat yourself up and be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm still dealing with this. But instead, it's a sign that you need to take action and figure out how exactly is this impacting my marketing? And am I making business a lot harder for myself? And do I just need to go back and do the mindset work? Hmm, good question. All right, so number one, do you avoid posting your face on social media? Guys, this is a huge one. Oh my goodness. I have had people flat out run the other way when I tell them, you need to share who you are, your face, what you're doing on social media so that your potential clients can connect with you. And they say, well, I'm too old or I'm not pretty enough or people are not going to care about seeing me. But when they say, people are not going to care about seeing me. That's just their inner voice saying, people don't care about you. And it's just so ironic because in marketing, it's the opposite. All people care about is you. They care about you long before they care about what you do. 
So if you are avoiding putting yourself out there on social media, you are refusing to use one of the biggest assets your marketing has, and that's your face. Question number two, does your marketing talk about you in the third person? This means the bio on your website or any of the text on your website, any of the text you put in your printed materials or even your newsletter. Are you talking about yourself in the third person? If so, maybe this is just a leftover of some now outdated marketing tactics where somewhere along the line someone decided it was more professional to talk about yourself in the third person when actually it makes us all sound a little bit crazy, you know? So talk about yourself in the first person because that shows that you are owning who you are, all of your flaws and your accomplishments included. Question number three. Have you delayed improving your brand because you feel like you just aren't there yet? Now, I see this play out a lot when women come to me and they're like, I want to get a new website, but I feel like I need just one more project under my belt, get it photographed, and then I'll be ready. And the truth is that project comes and goes and they decide they're not worthy of investing in that professional photographer and they decide they're not worthy of that new website and they decide to stay right where they're at and they're incredibly unhappy and that all comes back to confidence it's truly not a budget issue because if we want to do something we save up for it we make it happen whether it's a trip to Disney World or part of our marketing if we really want it we can go for it, but we have to believe in ourselves first. Question number four. Are you uncomfortable sending invoices to your clients or reminding clients of overdue payments? This totally used to be me. I would feel sick to my stomach when I clicked send in QuickBooks to get those invoices out the door because I was like, who am I to be demanding money from these people? I don't have tons and tons of experience, or at least this is what I told myself. And I have found a lot of different ways that I could sell myself short and say that I was substandard. And if they only knew, they'd never pay me again. Now, that was a terrible mental space to be in because it was directly impacting my bottom line. I mean, what good is a business if the business owner can't even send an invoice without feeling sick? That just doesn't seem right, and it isn't. When it comes to even reminding clients of overdue payments, that can also be so difficult for someone who doesn't have a good self-confidence because they think, oh, well, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to offend them, and maybe they just need more time to get back to me. When the truth is, ladies, you're running a business, not a charity. And when you put net 15, net 30, or whatever it is, on your invoice, your clients need to respect that. And if for some reason they can't make it, they do owe you the courtesy of saying, hey, I know I'm gonna miss this deadline. Here's what's going on. That's completely fine because we're not here to be an Ebenezer Scrooge about it, but we have to make sure that we are respecting ourselves so that our clients will respect us and our deadlines and boundaries. Question number five. Do you second guess your business decisions or require opinions from other people in order to make a decision? Now, I've seen this play out in a lot of different ways, but the one that sticks with me the most is a client who had come to my team asking for a new brand. 
and we created the brand for her. Not me personally, guys. I'm actually not a graphic designer, but when the graphic designer on my team spent a lot of time creating several beautiful brand concepts, the client was thrilled. She felt so proud of her business and she was just about ready to pick the one she liked and move forward. But then she made one fatal mistake. She took it to two of her closest clients and said, what do you think? It turns out those clients didn't like either of those brand concepts and they said her old brand was actually better. The client came back totally deflated and said, I'm sticking with my current brand because my clients didn't like the one that I had chosen. And that's no way to run a business. As the business owner, you do get to call the shots, but you have to have the confidence to back it up and realize that you don't need other people to make your decisions for you. Now, it's completely okay to ask the opinions of people that you trust, such as your spouse, your business partner, or your business coach. But it doesn't mean that you should conduct a poll on everything that you should be doing in your marketing because everyone will always have different opinions and it will only confuse you and make you trust yourself less. Question number six. Do you feel stiff or awkward when talking about your business online or in real life, like at networking events? Now, when I was first getting started in business, I had a very weird way of describing what I did. I was like, well, you know, I just do blah, blah, blah. Why was the word just in there? Because I was selling myself short on behalf of whoever I was talking to so that they wouldn't have to because I was fully expecting them to. And honestly, some people did. But in a lot of ways, I believe that was my low confidence reflecting and bouncing off of them and coming right back in my face. Because when I would tell extended relatives about my business and what I was up to and how I was excited about it, they would turn around and send me job ads because they thought, mm, this girl, she just needs some help. She just needs to go work for a regular business and get a real job. How many times have we been told that? Or how many of you have had your business called a hobby by someone that you're fairly close to? That can really hurt and it can really damage our confidence, but we can choose to brush it off and move on because we know that our businesses are legitimate and we know that we have what it takes, but we have to remind ourselves of that quite often, not just because we're women and we tend to self-deprecate a lot, but because the world is always going to be against people who are trying to do something great. Whether your goal is to make every home beautiful or to help realtors grow their real estate empires, there will always be a naysayer who's secretly just a little bit jealous of what you're doing. Bottom line, don't feel awkward about when you discuss your business, okay? There's nothing to apologize for. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. You're creating something new and new is hard. Sure, new is exciting, but it is so gosh darn difficult. And if you ever feel overwhelmed or you're struggling from day to day, just know that's completely normal. It means you're doing the right thing because business is never easy, but it is quite often worth it. So stand in your space proudly when people ask what you do, 
Don't say you just do this or you have a little side business. You stand up proudly, pull your shoulders back and say, I do this and this is how I help people. Question number seven, are you quick to quit something new in marketing if it doesn't yield immediate results or it doesn't bring the result that you expected? This is a really tricky one and it can become a slippery slope because while I've said in past episodes and still holds true today that you should not continue doing marketing things that are not working for you, there is also a grace period that you need to give every new marketing tactic to determine, is this actually going to work? Am I doing it the right way? Do I have the right goals set up for it? Or am I completely misunderstanding how this marketing tactic should be used? Popular example is often things like email marketing or social media. Because we live in a culture where we all want instant gratification, it can be easy to think, well, I've been posting every day on Instagram for like a month and I haven't gotten any leads yet, so I guess I'll quit. Social media doesn't work for me. When the truth is, as you guys know, social media is not really meant to bring you direct leads. It's meant to send traffic to your website. It's meant to be the first step in a much bigger but simple sales funnel. And similarly, with email marketing, while there will be people out there who will send one newsletter and then book thousands of dollars in, say, window treatments, it's not the case for everyone. And some people need to send three to six newsletters before they start to really build that consistency and reputation with their mailing list and get those responses and those requests for work. That's completely okay. It doesn't mean it's not working for you, but it does mean you need to be a little less trigger happy and a little bit more consistent for the long game. And doing that requires a certain level of confidence. It requires confidence in your own decisions, confidence that, hey, even if I give this six months and it doesn't quite work out the way I hoped, it doesn't mean it's a total loss and it doesn't mean that there's anything unintelligent about me, meaning you guys. So give yourself some grace to stick things out and be confident enough to see them through. Question number eight. Do you feel the need to respond to every client email or text right away, even on evenings and weekends? I used to be this person. Oh my goodness, I would answer my phone whenever it rang. I would respond to every email as it came in. And all because I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I didn't want anyone to wait. I didn't want anyone to think that I didn't have time for them because maybe they would just go find someone else. But then I realized that my customers are really nice people. They're reasonable. But I was training them to think that I was going to instantly respond every single time. And then when I couldn't respond right away, they would get understandably a little bit annoyed. Like, well, you used to respond instantaneously, but now I have to wait 24 hours? Like, what is this? So it's important that you set the right expectations and that you understand, again, you get to call the shots in your business. You should definitely respond to every lead or client in a timely fashion, but never right away. If you have the time, you're sitting there, an email comes in, hold back from responding right away. Give it at least an hour so that people understand 
that you're not at their beck and call, but you will always get back to them in a timely manner. Doing this requires confidence because it forces you to put a value on your own time and to respect your own space so that your clients and leads can do the same for you in return. Question number nine goes along with this. Do you work a set schedule and pay yourself regularly? Now, you might wonder, what on earth does that have to do with marketing? Well, it has a lot to do with confidence, which as we know, in turn, will impact your marketing. If you are working all hours of the day with no established start time or end time, no established breaks or lunches, you're going to run yourself into the ground because your business is the one calling the shots and not you. So make sure that you are starting at a certain time every day and stopping at a certain time. Often the stopping is the hardest part because if you run your own business, you're likely a type A creative, which is a very strange thing to be. And I say that because I am one as well. We love what we do. We are so passionate about it and we don't know when to turn it off. But the thing is, if we don't figure out how to turn off the work brain, we will just work ourselves into the ground, our creativity will dry up, and then we will be in trouble. Now, the other half of this is paying ourselves regularly. And again, as a type A creative, we think, how can we possibly charge for the thing that we love to do so much? It comes so naturally to us, and some of you could spend all day, all night in the workroom, you wouldn't even care. It's just your glory place. And other people could stage 10 homes a week and be perfectly content because that's what they're living for. They love to see the looks on their clients' faces when they completely transform a listing. Or interior designers, you take on more than what you should be because for one thing, we're people pleasers, we don't want to say no, and we don't know how to turn it off. And because of all of this, we also either forget to pay ourselves regularly or we think that we can't because our money seems to be flying in so many different directions. If that is you and you feel like you're kind of scared of money and you need to get a handle on it, I suggest you work with a business coach who can help you because money is just a tool. It's not sinful. It's not a scary thing but a lot of us are terrified of it. And I used to be because that was also back when I had extremely low confidence and I thought, I'm not worth this. I shouldn't raise my prices. I shouldn't pay myself regularly because that just makes me seem very validated. And I don't know that my inner critic can handle that. If this is you, it's time to get the right guidance. Now, we're going to take a quick sponsor break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about the impacts of low confidence on marketing and also what confidence looks like in marketing. Hey guys, just popping in here quick because I've got a question for you. Do you have a business partner? Do you have someone who is helping your business move the needle forward every single day? Well, if you're still looking for that special someone, look no further than Nancy Ganzikoffer. She's a business coach for interior designers and other creative entrepreneurs. Nancy understands the unique challenges you face when pursuing your dreams, and she'll help you develop your business identity, set goals, and manage your time. Now, if you're not part of her Facebook group, Actionable Entrepreneurs, you'll want to get in there right away. 
Nancy's there every single day, giving tips, support, and lessons to keep you taking action and moving forward in your business. Now, if you're ready to take a giant leap forward, get on her calendar for a strategy call. It's 50 minutes of straight business coaching, and you'll leave that session with clarity, goals, and a direction towards growth in your business. Head over to businesscoachnancy.com forward slash consult. By now, you might have a good idea of how low confidence impacts marketing, but in case it's still a little bit unclear, I do want to spell it out for you because I think a lot of us will go through several years of business, like I did, and think that the other issues in our business have nothing to do with something as simple as a mindset shift. But once we realize that, we are able to take our power back to literally empower ourselves to stop feeling overwhelmed by marketing, to stop feeling like we don't deserve good marketing, and to stop wondering why people don't seem to be paying attention to or responding to our marketing message. So first of all, low confidence impacts your marketing in that clients will trust you less because you don't trust yourself. That's something that we've already touched on, but it's worth repeating. Second, the leads that you get will bargain hunt and get you to cut them a deal. And once you give somebody a discount, whether it's a free hour of your time or a really, really long phone call where all they do is pick your brain, they're going to be nothing from trouble going forward or nothing but trouble. Sorry, guys, pregnancy brain. And it's not something that you want to set up as a precedent. Now, The third issue that comes up when you have low confidence is your marketing message will be inconsistent or non-existent because you aren't sure who you are as a business. Now, remember, we are always people first and businesses second. It's not like your business has become this other version of you that always needs to be perfect and professional. It just means that you're taking all the skill sets that you were given as a human being and you're bringing it to the people who need it most. That's called business. And marketing is simply letting people know who you are, how you can help them, and the type of person you're interested in helping. When you look at marketing from that perspective, it becomes a lot less overwhelming and a lot less stressful. And you know, marketing doesn't have to be all about things that you feel you know nothing about, such as technology or social media. What it needs to be about is meeting your customers or your leads where they're already at. And that can be as simple as picking up the phone and checking on one of your past clients and asking them to refer you. There's nothing scary about that because you already know that person and they already love what you do. So don't forget to just keep your marketing simple. Because I say that at the end of every episode, keep your marketing simple and your message clear because that is my whole soapbox, I guess. Because marketing has been so overcomplicated that someone who already has low confidence will just feel even worse about themselves because they think, I can't do that, I don't have time for this, I can't afford it. And all that does is limit your business's success. Okay. The fourth way your confidence will negatively impact your marketing is you'll avoid investing in marketing 
or outsourcing or upgrading because of a scarcity mindset. Now, for those of you who aren't sure what a scarcity mindset is, let me explain. I will be your example here. So growing up, we didn't have a ton of money. There were times in my early childhood where my mom stopped buying makeup and we couldn't even buy cheese. And guys, we live in Wisconsin. Cheese is like a main food group here. So the fact that we couldn't do those things really meant that money was tight. And while we always found a way to make it work and we never went hungry, I grew up with the mentality of money is always scarce. Money is the enemy here. It's a problem if you have too much because people will judge you and you'll turn into some other person that you won't even like. And it's a problem if you have too little because then there's never enough to do more than just get by. And when you take that mindset into business, you're going to be down on yourself no matter which way you go. If you're not successful, you're going to think, well, this is just what I've always been told about money. It's never there when you need it. And when you are successful, you'll think, I'm losing who I am. I don't know how to handle my money. I'm afraid of money. I don't want to even open my QuickBooks account. Or maybe you don't even have a QuickBooks account. So it's important that you get your mind wrapped around the idea of Money not being good or bad. It's what you choose to do with it that matters. From a marketing standpoint, choosing to invest in strategic things that will actually help your business makes all the difference. So let's say you really don't like email marketing or you really need a website and you have no idea how to create one or you tried and it doesn't look that great or it took you too long. Well, that's a sign that you need to start outsourcing but you may look at some of the prices out there and be like, I can't afford that, or wow, that would make me look really professional. I don't think I'm that professional yet. I need to wait. All of these come back to mindset because again, our mind is making most of the decisions here. It's not really our budget, not really. If you stop and you take a look at the hangups and the lies that our inner critic would love for us to believe in order to keep us from ever being successful in personal life, in the business life, in marketing, it all ties together. All right, now that we've talked about that stuff, which is kind of negative and can make a lot of us feel pretty bad about ourselves, let's flip the switch and talk about what it looks like to be truly, genuinely confident in marketing and in all aspects of your business, because that makes the most difference. So the first thing that I notice in myself or in other people who are truly confident in business is they move forward with decisions at a, like a good clipped along pace. They're not dragging it out, but they're also not making knee jerk decisions based on worries or paranoia or panic. And they're also not circling back to second guess those choices. They simply make the choice and move on. They also don't run around asking a lot of people for their opinions. In fact, they may only ask one person. Sometimes they just ask me. Sometimes they don't and they just tell me what they want. And I have found that I'm becoming more and more like that the more confident I get in my business. It doesn't mean that you or I don't care what other people think, but it does mean that at a certain point we have to admit to ourselves, you know what, we've got this. We actually do know what we're doing. 
the other thing I see is that people who are truly confident in the home industry focus more on their clients than on their competition. Now here's the thing. When you are focused on watching your competition, and let's just say a friend of yours who has the same type of business you do, and you see her doing a new marketing tactic, and you think, okay, I need to do that too, the truth is it may not work for you. It might not even be working for her. You don't actually know, and she may not actually know. But there is something to be said for looking at what someone's doing, appreciating it like, okay, that's a good idea, and then adapting it for your business and your target client and your unique service offerings. That is okay. That's completely smart, and that's the only benefit to watching your competition. But you know what? You don't even have to watch your competition to get that information. If you listen to marketing podcasts like this one or the many others that are out there, you're going to get the same information and that's likely where those competitors are getting it too. So keep in mind that you need to adapt things for your business. If you try to strictly copycat, it's never going to work. And I've seen this happen, and that's why I have chosen, well, a couple of years ago, I guess, to not look at my competition at all. And then I realized, because my business is so niched, and yours should be too, I really don't have any direct competition. That's the beauty of having a very well-defined ideal client and a very niched service offering. It eliminates so many other potential competitors, and it helps us all realize that they can do their thing and we can do ours and stay in our lane. There's plenty to go around for everybody. But I will say that directly copycatting someone will not only make you look silly and feel silly, but it really takes away your right as a business owner to make those decisions and those bold moves that will bring you to success that is truly yours and not just a mimicry of someone else's. And I see, I saw this happen starting about maybe a year and a half ago, where I was friends with some competitors on social media and I would implement a new marketing tactic or I would post something and say a certain whatever. And then a few days to a week later, they would do the same thing. The first time I was like, okay, like that, that's just a coincidence, not a big deal. Or maybe I inspired them, which is also not a big deal and totally cool. The second time it happened, I was like, eh, you know, this is getting a little bit weird. Is it really a coincidence? By the third time, when it was like a direct copy and paste of what I did, I was like, I think I'm going to stop watching them now. Because the sad part is copying what someone else is doing is not going to help you. And that's why I don't want you guys to go copy what your competitors are doing. They need to figure out their own path in business just like you do. And copying someone is a really big sign of a lack of confidence. So make sure that you stay in your own lane and focus on serving your people in the best possible way that you can. Because that kind of marketing leads to referrals. And word of mouth referrals are the bread and butter of the home industry. All right, so story time is over. Let's get back on track. Another thing that people who are really confident in business will do is set up a sales funnel with measurable goals. Even if they're a little intimidated by the word sales funnel, they understand there needs to be a step-by-step -step process for a new lead 
to find them, become interested, connect with them in some way, and then be nurtured through that email sequence or even in-person meetups. Something has to happen because marketing isn't magic, business certainly isn't magic, and you have to find an established way that you know will bring you new leads and most of all the right leads. So a confident person is willing to do that. Now a confident person also understands that there is no golden ticket in marketing. There is no one-size-fits-all, cure-all thing, do this and you'll have customers for life. No, unfortunately not. But there are established things in the industry that we know work, such as email marketing, such as having a good website with really good SEO. Those things are proven not just for the home industry, but for any type of business. But then you have to dive a little bit deeper and you have to research and talk to professionals about, well, how do I market my design business? How do I market my staging business? How do I get connected with the right people who will send leads to my workroom? And of course, that's what this podcast is all about. That's what my brand is all about. And it's important to understand that you have to figure out what works for you. You have to be willing to try things. All right, so a confident person is going to be able to try things without an issue, but also limit their focus to what actually matters. So that means someone who is confident in business understands they don't need to be on every social media platform known to man. That just is absolutely impossible because first of all, your ideal client is not gonna be on every single one. And if you are still operating from a place of panic where you think you need to be everywhere in case you miss that one new lead, you still have some mindset issues to work on, like we all do. A truly confident person also knows when to outsource their stuff, but here's the thing. They outsource to professionals, not to interns, not to students. There's nothing wrong with interns and students, but the thing is, they're the newbies. They don't really know what they're doing and they're doing what they're doing now to get experience to be able to charge for it later. So if you are having a really big problem with bookkeeping, make sure you outsource it to a professional. If you're having a real problem with getting your business organized and getting your systems in place, go speak with an experienced business coach. The two that I often recommend are Michelle Williams and Nancy Gansenkoffer. They both specialize in the home industry and they're both just powerhouse women. So you should check them out. If you're struggling with marketing, don't outsource it to a student just because you think, well, they're young, they know social media, because it's one thing to know how to post on social media. It's another thing to know how that fits into the larger sales funnel of your business. And you don't want to be outsourcing parts of your sales funnel to people who don't understand what the big picture is. So guys, there is a lot of mindset work to be done, but once you get there and you realize that you're worth it and your business is worth it and that these strategic investments don't have to be expensive, they just need to be smart, you're going to find that your stress around marketing goes away. And that is the beauty of it. So guys, until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Keep your marketing simple and your message clear. And I will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.